0: Everybody, welcome to another edition of ATL Alts. This is your host, Andre Sindate. Thank you for joining us today. I am delighted to be joined today by two guests: Jason Kraus, the founder and CEO, and Chris Duby, the Chief Strategy Officer of an accelerator and global startup community based out of the Boston area called Prepare for VC. Jason and Chris, welcome to ATL Alts.
1: Great to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having us on.
0: I always like to ask folks to give some background on where they're from and how they got started in the space. You can go back as far as you want uh, or you can tell me what you had for breakfast this morning. But, you know, the idea yeah. here is is the backstory, you know, behind the numbers. Uh, so I'll let you start, Jason.
1: Sure. Um, yeah the real story behind Prepare for VC is, um, you know, I've been involved in several ventures, everything from founder and co-founder role, um, started a a mobile app in in college onto, um, you know, onto a couple, couple startups in the fintech space around the crowdfunding, um, crowdfunding ecosystem. And Then, you know, I joined in the angel and venture pathway, um, been a part of some local angel groups around the Boston area, like the Boston Harbor Angels and a few early stage venture funds. And, um, you know, in that space, uh, the initial reasoning behind, um, you know, seeing the opportunity for Prepare for VC was that there were so many great founders out there that just felt were like going through the cracks and, you know, not being picked up by venture funds and investors. Um, because they just had, you know, one small thing in their pitch that that didn't really tell their story. And um, there's, you know, had been on the investor side. So most of the pipelines look like 1000s of startups coming in every year, uh, for a fraction of that, less than 2% of startups ever get any venture funding and really wanted to change that help those great startup founders really tell their story um, and pitch from the investor's perspective. And then, you know, it's expanded. Um, We started on more of a consulting basis, more, you know, one-on-one services really uh, focused on the fundraising component. And then I've expanded as we've grown our team, um, bringing in other experts, serial entrepreneurs, uh, coaches and business leaders to really bring more of a holistic approach to to um, the startup process, going from you know our our uh, cohort programs and accelerator offerings to our community platform and um, yeah, a bunch of other resources to really help go from the stage you come in on to the next level in your startup. So yeah, excited uh, excited to share the rest of our story here and um, great to have. I guess uh, yeah. Great to have you know Chris and I on today. Um, Chris is our chief strategy officer. If you want to, you know, share a little bit of your background, uh, great story there as well. So, um, sure. Yeah, I'll pass it over. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Um,
2: <clears throat> my name is Christopher Doobie. Um I guess overall, uh, I'm, a, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I come from an entrepreneurial family. Uh, former professional athlete, and uh, when I got hurt. Um, in my sport, I didn't really have any real experience working in, in the working world. I was 21, um, had left school to play professional beach volleyball in Southern California. And so I just started a business, um, originally from Maine, the state of Maine. So, um, Maine's known for their lobster. So I I started selling live Maine lobsters to the people of Southern California wholesale and retail. And uh, I met a um, a colleague and uh, we created an app that uh, allowed for a subscription model uh, with our network, our logistical network, to get them uh, the best price in the country uh, within 24 hours, whatever amount of Lobster they needed so a lot of my clients um, threw parties on uh, boats the size of yachts and had um, 25-foot speed boats as their dinghy (laughs) So it it uh, it was pretty fortunate I was in the right place at the right time and just got lucky. I was able to exit from that and then uh, proceeded to start another couple ventures and um, Realized that uh, you know, it's really not this easy It, it there's gargantuan failure in there that you meet along the way and um, came back east and threw myself into the corporate world for about 15 years because I needed to learn what it is that I thought I knew and really didn't, uh, what it is that I didn't know and I had no idea about, and strengthen the stuff that I was um, already uh, okay at, which was the communication and and people aspect. And then started my fourth venture, which was a consulting company around um, executive performance coaching teaching uh, leaders how to use social cognitive dynamics uh, communication negotiation and influencing uh, for their internal workforce and their their markets um, through that met Jason and that was a couple of years ago and uh, worked on some con- consulting projects uh, long story short uh, h- here we are a couple of years later and growing a global community that's really aimed at progressing um, purposeful prosperity for startups all around the world and having uh, you know, these really critical resources that all of them need at an early stage in one
0: centralized hub. Terrific background and, and intro, I appreciate you both sharing that. When we met a couple of, uh, I guess it's probably a couple of months ago, Jason and Chris, I was able to participate in one of your demo days for one of the cohorts and I was definitely impressed by a couple of things one the diversity of the class you know was was really really inspiring to see the the diversity of businesses was really uh really neat and unique to hear and then third just to see you know companies that were at the you know that that accelerator kind of stage where you're focused to have them validate what you guys are doing at prepare for vc in terms of the coaching and the mentoring and the 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 preparation they're by no means like done right they're they're ready to continue to implement the feedback that a lot of them heard that day so i want to start there with prepare for vc the name itself tell me jason and chris like in our audience which is a mix of people that will one day hopefully start their own company or thinking about starting a company, maybe they have their own fund today and they're looking for, you know, the next great entrepreneur to back. What went into building Prepare for VC and like the name, does it say it all or is there more, more to it in terms of your accelerator?
1: Sure, um, yeah, so, you know, I'll, I'll start here. Uh, I mean, the name really came from having that background on the venture side, um, you know, being part of a few different funds and angel groups and wanting to take that perspective and help the entrepreneurs navigate um, first getting ready for uh, all the steps it takes to go out for a fundraising round and then how to use that and scale beyond that stage. Where it still ties into our our newer initiatives and accelerator programs is um, basically helping, yeah, you know, um, helping founders have a framework of if you're getting, you know, it's a 16 week, about four month program. Um, if your goal is to raise, um, a pre-seed or seed stage round at the end of that time period, what are all the steps you need to take internally to, um, continue growing, validating your business, uh, talking with the right customers, the right partners, other um, you know internal operations in the meantime um, honing some of those leadership skills along the way and being ready when you go out and do that final demo day presentation you, you were at, um, you know being ready to tell your story effectively, um, get people excited and you know one of the things we stress in the program is like there's a, there's a lot of roles you're you're involved in as the startup founder and CEO. So, you know, the main thread between all of them is really that excitement factor. Um, Whenever you pitch, you're building excitement from investors, you're building excitement from other team members that are going to join and, you know, take the risk of joining an early stage startup. You're building excitement from customers and um, really putting that as a theme throughout our program on how you get, um, how you get your vision out there and get other people excited about building that with you and for you.
2: Jason hit the center of the target there. Um, I think one of the key differentiators there's um, a big difference between wanting to raise money and actually raising money. When it comes to an idea, everyone has about a thousand ideas a minute, every minute of every day. So get in line. Really, I think uh, you, you said it Andreas, which is we look at a lot of things, but really when it comes down to it, it's what are the people that are behind the idea and the project and venture? What are they capable of? What are they made of? How do we help them? Because uh, that factor of, uh, as Jason would would put it, how do we know uh, that we can look at bunch of different ideas and which idea is going to be uh, potentially successful. It's the people behind the idea. Uh, always bet on the jockey, not on the horse. Right, Jason? And exactly. um, so when, when you take that approach, um, we differentiate ourselves with, we want to prepare you for what that's like, because uh, you think you know, but you have no idea. And um, unless you've been through it several times, and our team has and the the people we work with and our partners have it's daunting and it's it tests you in a whole bunch of ways you have to know perspectives and utilize past experience in order to sort of help you navigate what's going on and then you have to execute and deliver in in that place and time um, basically by knowing the people that you're talking to what it is that drives them how they're perspective affects the way they're thinking about this and um, leveraging those things to your to your advantage, really. I think that's um, what we're really good at.
0: And when you set up the program Prepare for VC, maybe you can talk about what does a cohort look like? How long is the program? What are the stages of the companies and their founders that are applying? Are they pre-revenue, pre-product? Maybe you can just characterize it because there are lots of different accelerators and incubators and platforms out there. That was one of the reasons that I invited you know, Jason, uh, you and Chris on the show is that as somebody that was newer to venture, you know, one of the first things I noticed comparing it to other asset classes like real estate or private equity to just pick two, there isn't this ecosystem where a founder who has a business idea you know, would even be able to literally go and apply for, you know, any number of of accelerators, maybe in their backyard if they're in a major city or that's run in partnership with local companies or local universities. And I think that's great because a lot of times companies, you know, that are early stage, before they get angel money or, or their pre-seed money, it's really just an idea. So I was curious to af- ask you to come on because I wanted to – learn about when setting up an accelerator or setting up an incubator program like what went through your all's minds what were some of the things that you were trying to solve for
1: yeah so i think you know one of the things uh every cohort we have we do an exit interview um with individually with each of the startups by the end of it and one of the consistent themes there is there's a big value from just having that cohort alongside you that's going through the same problems, uh, the same ups and downs at the at the same time as you are, um, you know, being able to have a trusted network like of the same, you know, six to 10 companies on board that um, can share what's working well, what's not going well in their business and get advice from each other. So the cohort model was something you know we wanted to we wanted to uh, prove out, and it's been validated through our first three cohorts we've run um, that that's something that's really important to all of the founders and having a group of people that are not only looking for that active feedback but looking for providing um, feedback and advice to the other startups that go through with them. Um, it's definitely something you know something that's been a strong component of our of our space here uh some of the other sides have been um they're they're far in in terms of uh stage they're far enough along um that the goal the goal with all of them is a four-month program they're going to be ready for that first um pre-seed or seed stage investment round um you know they might have raised some some um friends and family or angel investment or, you know, crowdfunding, but not all of them have raised anything. Um, but yeah, in terms of, uh, how far along they are, it's generally, there's something proven out enough on the traction side that they can set those goals and milestones of what they want to do within the first four weeks of the program, what they want to keep track of and, you know, have us work with them on validating throughout every, uh, every phase of the program from there. Yeah, they're all tech-enabled tech, tech enabled startups, but, you know, that's ranged from the energy space to um, a fashion e-commerce brand and everything in between. So, you know, pretty broad focused. Uh, we're looking into some specialty cohorts as well, um, more targeted themes, but, um, you know, we've also got in some feedback from the startups in our program that like going in, they wouldn't have expected to learn so much from other companies that were, you know, in completely different sectors. And they, they found that uh, as a, you know, pretty valuable aspect of their program as well. Um, yeah, Chris, uh, turn it over to you here.
2: Yeah. So, um, we'll make a sandwich with, with what Jason just gave us for, uh, for, for the meat aspect of, um, us in the program and our, our people. So the 30,000 foot view, so we go a, a little bit above from a strategic perspective, which is, uh, my job. If, if we were to take, um, a scale of one through 10 and, uh, those numbers mean nothing other than, um, progression. So, uh, phase one, phase two, phase three, all the way to phase 10, phase 10 is, um, Phase nine and phase 10 are uh, late stage accelerators like uh, Techstars or Y Combinator or even institutional uh, venture capital funding. And the ones, twos, threes, and fours are um, idea stage, still validating the idea, still uh, trying to figure out product market fit, trying to figure out a go to market strategy, you know. Are we the best team? Do we have a team to do these things? And and how are we uh, unfairly positioned with what we have with our team and our concept and not everything else to 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 be the uh, the best bet? So you have the ones, twos, threes, and fours. They're more idea stage. The nines and tens are uh, late stage and, and institutional funding. And then prepare for VC is looking for the companies that are five, six, seven, and eight. And we see that as not only the biggest market of um, entrepreneurs that uh, have maybe made a couple pivots. They're, they're looking for something very specific. And uh, the way that we positioned it is um, other accelerators will take bits and pieces um, from what we've seen along the way your cap table gets affected. And there's questions that don't need to be asked that need to be asked because of uh, situations and the way those relationships play out. So we, we don't do that. We are zero equity. Uh, you you pay to be in our program, uh, you join the community for free and access a lot of free material, organic material from champions that we've vetted and curated all across the planet. And then there are paid programs that uh, allow for premium experience, premium access. And so the, the program itself, uh, like I had said a little bit before, we're looking for very specific things, but it's not specific to a sector or a region of the, the world. We're looking for specific people, the right people, at the right place at the right time. Uh, so that's, that's the, the high level, we'll call it the, the top part of the, the bun. Then Jason, Jason laid out the, uh, the, the main part of the burger and then the, the bottom piece for me is when, um, when they're leaving the program after 16 weeks, 32 sessions, a lot of hours, uh, they're leaving in most cases, according to you know, what our data has shown and what they've offered for testimonials, um, n- no less than a minimum of 100% uh, growth adjustment scale. So, that could mean a whole bunch of different things. But essentially, the reasons why we're getting feedback like that is because our program doesn't just focus on the business, it focuses on the people behind the business that progress it to a place that you're saying to investors, no one else can progress it. So, before they come in, we give them an assessment, uh, we offer an optional personality test, and then from those things, we pressure test what it is they say they are. You have to show us that you are this. And if you're not, then are you coachable enough in order to have uh, the ability to be taught self-efficacy, realize what your strengths are, realize what your challenges are, and then have the fortitude and resilience and grit uh, it takes to be successful to, to fill in the gaps. And that's what uh, the second phase of the program is before you get into your first demo day. Then we do some more adjustment, get into the financials, use tools and experts from all over the place in order to help that become really clear really fast. And then uh, it all gives up towards the end where uh, they have a accredited investor demo day, and then they have an exit assessment and an exit interview. And so when they're leaving, uh, they're leaving with uh, newly formed social intelligence skills, like communication, negotiation, social dynamics around new innovation adoption, Uh, They're leaving with an ability to hone tools in their financial space with partners that we've curated that will give them access to those things. But really what they're leaving with is a portfolio of progress, tangible progress that they've made uh, of 100 plus percent in four months so that they can go to that investor meeting or to that um, potential advisor and say, uh, whatever question you have will be answered with this. And um, it just continues the acceleration process. It isn't momentary, it has to be perpetual. So we want to make
0: that happen. I'm going to ask you, Jason and Chris, about the founders. Do you find that many of the candidates are coachable? And do you find that in that period of time, there is enough time for them to, you know, start to get that feedback and start to make those improvements? Or do they just not uh, perhaps get that invite because there's some, you know, something identified? Uh, where they just might take a spot, an important spot, over 16 weeks from another more deserving candidate who maybe is, you know, open to the feedback and open to, you know, the growth that they're clearly going to get, the, the, the data shows from your program. Either of you can address that. I'll, I'll give, um,
2: as an answer, I'll give an example. So, um, there was a demo day that uh, we had a founder who uh, in the beginning we felt good about coachable um, but what we didn't uh, realize is that when put under pressure in some instances uh, had um, the ability to be more um, defensive about their idea because this was their first time around this is their first startup, great idea, great guy, very knowledgeable, uh, technical founder, and um, was challenged, was given a coachable moment live and um, was challenged on the spot and diverted to this MO of uh, defensibility of the idea. And uh, so there was some friction there in front of a whole bunch of people, (laughs) which um, is to be expected, We're, we're all humans. But what I can tell you is, uh, if that founder was not what we had thought uh, them to be in our initial discovery and interview process, they would have not come to that next meeting, the debrief of the first demo day and said, wow, I really have to get better when it comes to, you know, answering questions and, and the way that I hold myself in certain ways when people are giving me advice or feedback that isn't my own. That right there is uh, a huge emotional intelligence teaching moment and really part of self-efficacy. And to this day, I think would still uh, be able to recall that specific instance for that specific specific investor and say that they are now a different person that approaches things differently because of that. Um, So I'll, I'll, there's my uh, short little story in terms of your question, then I'll let Jason actually answer the question.
1: Sure. No, I think that's a great example. Um, yeah, the other, you know, side I'm thinking of too, is, uh, since our, um, yes, you know, since we launched our community platform and programs as well, um, several of uh or you know a handful of the startups coming into our programs we've already gotten to know pretty well through our our free events um you know our um webinars other chats and just having them in our community space and you know we get we get a chance to see like who's asking great questions who's looking for feedback um you know uh not putting anyone on the spot is like it's a test to come into our accelerator but it's also like a great, you know, great way for us to get to know where all the founders in our community are and actively seek out conversations with the ones we think are, um, are the best fit for our program. And, you know, have those discussions on, uh, on, you know, if their goals align with the goals we expect them to achieve throughout the program. And, um, yeah, you know, get to have those conversations up front and also the way we've been approaching this, too, is it's a, um, it's not a, you know, system where you come in, you're in the program for four months, and then you go off on your own. There's always a space to come back to. Uh, we have an alumni group set up for all the founders we've already worked with that, you know, we're hosting some um, networking events and providing other resources for those founders as well, and also keeping them involved in our broader community, the events, and um, just helping any of the startups, whether or not we've worked with them in the past, uh, in any way we can to keep going and keep accelerating their companies.
2: I mean, because let's face it, in the end, if, this, if your business is going to go somewhere, there are going to be um, instances where people inside your organization disagree with you or each other. Outside your organization, clients, customers, investors are going to disagree with what it is that you're doing. In the spirit of the name Prepare for VC, those are all moments you have to prepare for. And for um, an ability for someone to understand and have what I call situational awareness, you have to know who you're talking to, the perspective that in some ways they're taking on the topic that you are speaking about and have the ability, and Jason is an excellent example of this. In our meetings, sometimes we all have different opinions and his leadership and his ability to um, put the venture before any individual is the thing that keeps us ahead of others that may, you know, spur infight in their organizations. And what that does is just I- intrinsically strengthens the cultural dynamic that makes us different. There are a lot of people out there that do a lot of similar stuff that we do. And in some cases, they don't have all of the same pieces, but they may even be on an individual level better than some of the stuff that we do. But the difference is our ability to understand what it means to lead what it means to understand the situation and what needs to be done and put the forward progress our venture forward mentality as number one priority. And we expect that and want to progress that in uh, any participant that comes through our programs or engages in uh, any of our offerings. Education and experience is the first layer in which prepare for VC is usually rolled out to uh the world so we want to make sure that's world class and it's holistic uh with an h and a wh so that it's not just the venture it's not just the unit economics it's not just the cap table it's also you because on day one there is only one and that is the person with the idea and then it grows from there so you have to take all of it into account there's no siloing that that can go on for any planned Projected success in the future.
0: Let's talk a little bit about um, this approach at your uh, at your at your accelerator. The the mentality of venture forward and focusing on the venture and putting that front and center. You're also obviously spending a lot of time in developing and resourcing uh, and providing expertise. Uh, Chris, in terms of the founder and supporting them, and the coachability and the emotional intelligence, um, and and providing ongoing feedback. So, can you just um, talk about some of the things that that Venture Forward? What does that stand for? Is that a concept that you developed at your platform?
1: And if if it is, uh, what is it? What does it represent? That's all, Jason. <sighs> Yeah, actually, um, wrote a book about two years or a little under two years ago called "Venture Forward: Lessons from Leaders." And the idea behind it, um, it's all stories from founders how they built up their companies themselves. And uh, the idea behind the book is that there's no like prescription to start a company and you know grow your business. It's how can you take what's worked well for other companies and what hasn't worked well to get to that next step in your business and um, just be out there looking for, you know, looking for examples, looking for um, those pieces you can put into your company, but you still have to filter out, you know, filter down all the advice you're getting from a variety of sources and figure out what works best for you and your, you know, your team and your business going forward. Which I think pairs uh, perfectly with
2: the Self-efficacy that must go hand in hand uh, with venturing forward because, um, to Jason's point, there there are a lot of um, highlighted, spotlighted, um, very famous, public-facing entrepreneurs that uh, appear like all they're doing is just powering through everything and. It's very easy to get enamored by sleeping three hours a day and, you know, working the other 21. Uh, that's not sustainable. That's, that's not even scalable. And, um, it's momentary. And that is not the reality of the situation. And so venturing forward is the, from my perspective, the, uh, capability to understand and adopt and utilize your strengths through self-efficacy understanding what challenges you and then being energetic and charismatic and influential enough to go and find people that directly uh, align or is avidly uh, advocating for the thing that you have for an idea and getting them on board you i have said this really you know quite often the past couple of weeks for some reason maybe it was practice for today um, which is Your biggest sale In the beginning is your, to yourself Because you have to sell yourself on why you're going to venture forward and not just stop It's really easy to stop and everyone can do that a lot a lot of people do because it just can be too much sometimes second biggest sale is is to the next person that you bring into the company that you absolutely need to have there because they do something that you just can't. (laughs) And from there, uh, it's just making sure that your vehicle is uh, in a position to operate and sustain its functionality and get better at it over time by venturing forward amassing momentum Amassing resources and then uh, having the situational awareness to know where you're at as opposed to where you thought you would be being okay with the progress and then setting goals uh, that are tangible that you can celebrate with yourself and that person or those other people the next thing you know if you're doing it correctly and you're going uh, as quickly as possible, there's a whole bunch of people around you that you never would have imagined that are all clapping and celebrating something that started nine, 10 years before. And they're like, look at this instant success.
0: (laughs) And you're like, yeah, instant. (laughs) But what are the, some of the characteristics, um, of some of the founders that you, that you see that you're attracted to working
1: with and partnering with? But yeah, on the, you know, on the success and the goals, like the, the thing the founders, um, figure out and you know, um, has to be developed throughout the program, some have it going in, some are working on, you know, fine tuning this process is, what does it ideally look for that look like for them? Is this something, you know, they want to be running 100, 200 person plus company? Is this something they want to build up, um, you know, a small team that can, that is attractive to an acquirer, they can plug in and somebody else can take it? Um, you know, take it out to the rest of the market there. Is there another pathway that's, you know, better long term to be, um, you know, an employee and operator of their venture? And how do they build a, build all the pieces in place, talk with the right people, um, you know, get investors on board that have the same vision as they do? And not everybody is, uh, is the best, I know we're called, prepare for VC. Uh, not everybody is like their goals for venture capital pathway some um, angel groups and you know other programs or even just bootstrapping themselves that uh, you know can be a good pathway that way um, so part of that realization of like what their goals are what their teammates goals are what their investors goals are and how they can align everything um, it's really important I think some of the other sides are basically yeah as we talked about here um, you know being open actually looking for, feedback and advice they can implement in their company throughout and uh being able to filter you know all the lessons that come in all the um you know if we have uh, a demo day or a mentor swarm with different perspectives coming towards them like being able to take in and accept all that feedback and then decide um you know which makes sense to implement which makes sense to test out and be able to do um you know, some validation of their own to keep growing and moving forward. There, um, would would you recommend that founders,
0: you know, begin to find advisors to ask those questions, or is it something that they're going to be able to do, if you will, kind of on the fly when they're in the plac- in the in the program? Because these are pretty big topics, right? When you're thinking about funding a business and going the venture route versus you know, going more of the lifestyle, I call it a lifestyle route. I don't know if that's what it's called in the industry, but, um, or, or do you want them to have this button down vision
1: idea? And then here's how I want to fund it. It, They, they come in with different stages of the team. Um, I think of advisors as part of the team as well, just not, you know, not full time in the day to day, but they're generally somebody that, um, you know, is dedicating a certain amount of time every month alongside them. Whereas, like, there's different roles for all the people involved. There's uh, your management team, your employees, um, you know, outside um, consultants and, you know, project roles. And then there's a difference between mentors and advisors as well. You know, mentors can be people, people that are helping you in part of an accelerator program or people um, that you've had a relationship with. And, You know you you feel comfortable turning to for advice whereas advisors are typically you know somebody um that has a somewhat formal role in your company you know usually has a small amount of equity in the business as well and is um should be there for you know the next uh usually there's some vesting involved where they're committed to the next four plus years of your venture too um so yeah i mean we like to help help them figure out who the people are you know who the people are they need to bring on next sometimes it's uh getting getting an advisor um you know from our network or from their network on board sometimes it's just um getting you know getting investors that are pretty active and um you know to be involved and help them grow their network as an individual angel or other um yeah, yeah it's a venture fund that can add additional expertise there and sometimes it's uh, they have a great team in place and just need to get everybody on the same page and doing you know uh, managing the tasks you know the 500 tasks they're focused on in the right order so so they can um, hit the milestones in the right order and uh, get to where they want to be by the end of the program
0: yeah anything you want to add Chris?
2: Yeah, so um, I think, you know, for me specifically, some of the stuff that I, I look for and, and typically has been, uh, even if you look at some of the most successful entrepreneurs uh, that have created entities, is uh, the way in which they um, speak about um, their role and the organization, and the venture as a whole. So the, there's a lot of value in, in the way that people use tenses of words. And um, a, a lot of the most successful entrepreneurs have this, uh, this dichotomy to them. Uh, it's a, a solid uh, foundation of adaptability. <laughs> so it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but it's, the foundation is this intrinsic uh, compass that points them in a direction of forward. And the adaptability is the ability to pivot, listen, stop, pause, defer to the people that play roles and have critical feedback in outcomes. And I mean, we all judge success in 60-minute segments really when it comes down to it. So if I'm talking to someone that's breaking down the success of a business and they're looking at it from that perspective of you know that 60 minute segment, how does that translate into them being clear on what is happening? And how does that translate into them being clear on the projection of success into the future? And that could be the hour after the hour you're in, or it could be the decade after the decade you're in. So that's one aspect, the way they talk about it in their team and the inclusivity of that. The the second thing is <clears throat> their presence. Their pre- someone's presence is uh, this intangible sense that you can get from someone uh, regardless of its... Uh, on video or if it's in person, obviously, you know, we're interactive by nature. So the closer you can be to someone, you obviously feel a little stronger. But when when someone is uh, very internally focused and and driven to uh, a destination that you can't see, uh, the ability for them to not only make you feel that, but then to to communicate how they go about doing that and then have the uh, foundational uh, ability to adapt along the way I, I bet on that uh, that founder that visionary that entrepreneur uh, 10 times out of ten over someone that is highly technical has built something uh, is struggles at some points to relate the complexity uh, of that thing and how that makes my life better as someone that doesn't have that deep uh, technical, complexity, or the understanding of it. And so, um, you know, these very base um, instincts that are then translated into uh, skills that have to be honed, for me, those are the two biggest uh, components. And then it's just how do you build energy, momentum, or of people around your, your venture, your uh, your future state. Uh, how do you get people really excited to come on board and help you build something that doesn't exist uh, to solve a problem that does? Uh, and by the way, we have no money to do it. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, that's just like, <laughs> that's like, right. like performing magic. So uh, those pieces to me are extremely important and, and sets uh, apart the the
0: good from the great to the amazing. Um, you mentioned a statistic early in our conversation that I want to make sure I got right. So less than 2% of startups will get VC funding, but we also just talked about the fact that there are different models, uh, to capitalize and to finance the business is four months, enough time to get a good sense that either there's a pivot that's needed here or the traction is there. They just need more financing. They need more people. To go on this journey with them, you know what? What? What do you look for at the end of that four-month program from your
1: cohorts? I would say it is um, through all the. I'd say the majority of our startups have had some pivotal moment throughout. Some, um, you know, made more of a drastic change in the business model. Some just really, um, you know, changed the way they presented and expressed their business. Um, but our Um, I'd say, you know, as we go through each cohort, what we're seeing is that transformation moment has come a little bit earlier and earlier in the program where, you know, if it's something you figure out uh, week four, there's a lot more time to, um, you know, continue to grow and use that in the new direction than if it's something you figure out, you know, with a couple weeks left in the program. So, yeah, we've been seeing... um, those moments happen earlier and earlier, where you know we're able to help the founders um, take take the new direction and really you know go and grow with it. Yeah. Um, so, from my perspective, the um, and the reason why I was
2: sort of chuckling to myself as you're asking the question is uh, the biggest indicator from um, my perspective, our perspective as a team, that the program is set up correctly is when we see uh, either at the very beginning of the program or at some point in the, the initial stages, the initial eight weeks or so, we'll, we'll say to each other, because we meet after every single uh, session and we talk about what's happened and where we feel everyone is. And um, we say, uh, if, they are, if they're able to catch this and uh, identify it and then start to take action on it, we know that this is, set up correctly and um, the true indicator of success is when they come back the next week and go you know I was thinking about this and uh, I think I might have to <laughs> I think I might have to change or pivot or I was thinking about this thing that wasn't really sitting well that I really had as part of the venture from the beginning and I'm not sure it fits anymore and we're like really okay well how, how do you do that? How, how do you change that? And the reason um, I think that we almost expect that is because the very beginning of the program, even before the program starts, when we're interviewing, we ask two pretty steep questions. And the first question is, if this was a complete failure, what would happen in the four months? And then we follow it up with, so what do you deem success as? And the ability for that first question to sort of go, wow, what would be a complete failure? Um, I guess if I came out of it the exact same way that I went in. And then when they say, you know, we deem success as uh, the ability to get this much funding in this amount of time. And so then we have this huge window of opportunity. And uh, none of it has to do with us. All of it has to do with them and what it is that they are uh, made aware of through their own actions what they're strong at doing and capable of getting done that that four-month time frame and what they quickly realize either has to change or they are not capable of it must be delegated or picked up by a team member that's there or doesn't exist yet and has to be there uh, but all of that comes from them that is you know where i think the biggest indicator that the program is set up the right way from the investor perspective because that's what investors want you to do. They don't want to tell you that you have to change something. They just want you to know that because of what it is that you're seeing and feeling and hearing and going, you know what, I had this idea. And then you tell them the idea and they're like, fantastic. I was thinking the same thing. Please go do that. <laughs> that is that is success from our perspective yeah. and the investor perspective.
0: Yeah, I couldn't, I can't help but, but, but finish and say this, that listening to you Jason and Chris talk the 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 know thyself you know cliche and to thyself be true um because i i came into this conversation uh and it's just my own growth just in an hour of listening to you talk thinking there's a prescription there's a formula right and they're going to tell me what their formula is at prepare for VC and what what's happened in this 50 minute conversation is you've said the biggest growth is going to be through the individual. We're here to help them uncover and become self-aware and start to learn how to pick up on those uh, critical points in the you know four months and and do some of that stuff in advance but then you know ask these really hard questions and probably the biggest growth is going to be in that founder. Uh, and their team, if they go through this, and they're willing to use your point, Chris, the self-efficacy to take the feedback and then come back and be better founders, better leaders, you know, better entrepreneurs as a result. So um, hopefully, I'll be a better podcast host as a result of of the show. I th- I think I will be. It's fantastic stuff. Um, I always like to end the conversation on uh, on on the same. The same note. One is to ask you both, Jason and Chris, uh, what causes you to be optimistic,
1: whether it's um, whether it's us advising the, the startups or taking them through our program, or you know they have a completely different need. Uh, w- we can help with. There's somebody in our community and network we can turn to to bring on board as a trusted partner and advisor. And there's um, people that have come in and made their made our community their own and like building out, um, you know, their own spaces and networks and, uh, building, you know, building this ecosystem we've been developing, um, to, uh, yeah, to help whatever they're passionate about. Some are really passionate about, you know, helping entrepreneurs in general. Some are, um, passionate about helping, you know, specific segments, uh, women entrepreneurs, minority entrepreneurs, um, certain countries overseas we've partnered with um accelerators and incubators as well and really providing a space where this can keep growing and supporting you know all the founders in our community wherever they are my perspective on uh,
2: optimism with what it is that we're building so uh for almost the ever since time started finding resources in a way to have success uh, when building something on your own has been uh, disjointed, um, siloed and pretty much broken. Sort of like taking a uh, very expensive uh, fine piece of China and dropping it from a 30 story building. And then um, someone going, okay, now go find all the pieces, put it back together. I want it to look exactly the same as it did when you dropped it and uh, go and, and oh, by the way, do it in inside of uh, a, a year or 18 months. It's all over the place. There's, you don't know what you don't know. You think you know some things and when you finally realize that, um, that you only knew part of it, things have changed. And what gives me optimism, though that doesn't sound very optimistic in the beginning, what gives me optimism is that there are more and more people every single day, specifically over the past 18 months, that are uh, taking a a leap of faith and investment in themselves to start a business, to create something that, that doesn't exist yet, to solve a problem that does, and take action on doing it. So that's the first level of my optimism. The second level, when it comes to us, is that we as a team, as a prepare VC team, are not trying to solve all those problems. We are not trying to reinvent the wheel over and over and over again to be better than TechStars tech stars or a mass challenge. We're not trying to be the best um, advisor team or consultant team or what we're doing is building one centralized hub for all of those people in all of those places all across the world to come and cultivate a space so that when someone does start a business, they know unequivocally they, they should start at the Prepare for VC uh, startup oasis because all of those avenues, all of those pathways, all of those investors, advisors, coaches, product providers, service providers, accelerators, idea validators, all the tools are there, or the pathway directly to those people in those places are there. Similar to what Google has done for data and information for the world, we want to do and mirror the same for startup founders and all those people that are toying with the idea that I I need, I just need to do this, but I don't know where to start and that's what's stopping me. Well, we're trying to take that off the plate. Now you do know where to start, and you should come check it out because you may be surprised not only with what it is that you find out about yourself, but what it is that you're able to do in a very, very short amount of time.
0: Well, shucks! Now we've got to have a second show because now we need to talk. <laughs> now we need to learn about the Startup Oasis. But I, I, I will, I will definitely uh, have you guys back on ATL Alts. Jason Kraus, founder and CEO, and Christopher Dooby, uh, Chief Strategy Officer both from Prepare for VC. Thank you so much today for joining me on ATL Alt.
1: Thanks for Bye. having us. Yeah,
0: enjoyed the discussion here.